the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. I'm joined by Nate and Caleb, and today we are going to be talking about unsafe muzzleloader practices. So as you're gearing up for your hunts coming up, you're probably spending a lot of time at the range, and we've seen in customer service here at muzzleloaders.com a lot of things that are common misconceptions or you know you hear through the grapevine that this is a good thing to do and it's actually really unsafe so we're here to set the record straight we want you guys to be successful ethical and safe in all of your muzzleloader endeavors so um we're gonna go ahead and dive into a lot of that but um starting off like how are you guys doing today how's everything going swell swell swell's a good word terrific (laughs) (laughs) outstanding wonderful (laughs) <laughs> Even like, like the scarecrow. We are sitting down, but it is outstanding. Outstanding yes. in your field. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. <laughs> um, I, my day was going good. I was wonderful. <laughs> Tell that joke. Tell that joke. There even, you're up here <laughs> now. <laughs> so much better. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, so we want to go ahead and let's go ahead and start with um, what are barrel fail, bar, barrel, ugh. My goodness, barrel failure. Try and say that a bunch yeah, of times. What's a barrel fail? Bar- barrel <laughs> failure. Bevel barrel. Um, so barrel failure. Fa- man, I really can't say that. <laughs> barrel failure is probably the most dangerous thing that you're talking about when you're dealing with muzzleloaders. If you have yeah. a barrel failure, then there's going to be injury and all kinds of stuff going on. So what are the two most common um, causes of barrel failure? I could guess. Do you have the answers? Well, they're written. They're <laughs> written. If, you, if you take a gander down at your handy-dandy <laughs> oh, note sheet. <laughs> oh, yeah, the first one. Yeah. Smokeless powder, obviously, yeah. is... That we uh, we cannot stress enough when somebody mentions smokeless powder on the phone when they're chatting with mm-hmm. me or any of the other reps here. It's like, I, I don't even have words. Like, I'm it's speeches. Like, like, no, don't, please, absolutely. stop. Like, I cannot emphasize do not use smokeless powder. Like, yeah. get that out of your head. Don't even consider using it. Even a small amount. Yeah, and because a lot of people will hear, which I'm not going to go into it because I do not want to perpetuate this idea, but it's like, oh, yeah, my buddy, he told me this about it. It's like, do not even dabble in smokeless powder. It is extremely dangerous in a muzzleloader. Um, none of the the models that we carry mm-hmm. um, are supported at all Mm -hmm. and even the manufacturers say do not use it like absolutely do not it's i cannot stress it enough Mm -hmm. yeah and if you are looking for a good video on what happens when you load so cva like 10 years ago made a video about it and they did 120 grains of smokeless powder in several different inlines from different Mm -hmm. manufacturers and every single one of them blew up like a pipe bomb like it, it just is absolutely detrimental to your yeah. health to yeah. say the least can be fatal <laughs> yes most likely absolutely um yeah. i would say that if if you don't go to the hospital you are in the minority of people that that happens to so mm-hmm. yeah um definitely do not use smokeless powder of any amount even the small amount unsafe unsafe get it out of your head don't even think about it smokeless powder who exactly leave it that way <laughs> do not use it um and the second one uh, is barrel obstructions. Mm. And so, Nate, why don't you talk a little bit about this one? Because we were talking pre-show, and you kind of brought that up about, you know, barrel obstructions and things like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a really common one. People just don't pay attention to what they're doing with the tip of their barrel, and they mm-hmm. fall in the mud, and they mm-hmm. don't even think about it. Yeah. And it gets lodged 
piece of mud in there and then it gets hard and dries and you go to shoot and yeah you've got a big problem on your hands for sure yeah Um, and and no don't ever and there's a misconception too that you can shoot out a barrel obstruction do not do that if you get mud in the end (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't do that you know you're at the very least going to destroy your muzzleloader you know if yeah and so don't do it (laughs) it doesn't work the way it should another form of barrel obstruction could be a double load i mean you could consider that a barrel obstruction too you Mm -hmm. load your muzzleloader forget you loaded it and load it again and yeah same problem Mm -hmm. yeah so there's those are kind of your two most common yep. causes of barrel failure. And there's still other unsafe practices that we'll get sure. into later. But we want to cover barrel failure first because those are probably the most dangerous and um, most easily accidental. So Absolutely. And the worst for you. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, as far as safety goes, that is by far what we want to share first. <laughs> most important, I not, would say. Not seating your bullet properly. Not, that's not really it's an obstruction kind of, though, but... But it, it isn't. It isn't. It causes it, excess pressure. Which it's true. So it's not an obstruction per se, but it because there's a gap between the bullet and your powder. Like you said, it will bulge, and I've seen mm-hmm. guns rip apart. Like yeah. the barrels just banana out, and you don't know where that all that shrapnel's going. So yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, another one is you know a, a way to like avoid all these things is yeah. confirming that your muzzleloader is clear, and that's really easy in inline. You just undo the breech plug is is it clear okay you thread it in you know um but it's a little more difficult in side locks and Mm. things and so it is important to mark your muzzle mark your ramrod and that helps with making sure your your load is seated all the way uh marking your ramrod with tape tape is how i would recommend doing it because Mm. i've done like sharpie in the past and that's just too permanent because if you change your load up Mm -hmm. things change but if you use tape then you say i'm going to go to the range i'm gonna shoot this load you put tape there and that's you can remove that and change it if you need to. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah. thing about tape too is you can write on it if you've got really small handwriting. Do hundred sure. grains or whatever written right on it. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Yeah, yeah. As far as double loading your barrel, a lot of people will keep their load in overnight because they're like, oh, I didn't shoot, I didn't see an animal. You know, I I don't want to waste my powder, I don't want to waste my bullet. So even in a modern inline, which is easy to do, you know, easy to remove the breech plug and remove your charge, they'll mm-hmm. leave it in there. Well, it doesn't matter how meticulous you are. If you forget that you didn't unload it the night before, it, if especially if that's something you normally do, then you're just, you're really being diligent. You're like, okay, I know that I unloaded it even though you didn't, and then you double load it and you're good. So mm-hmm. that's that's really where if you mark your ramrod, you won't run into that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you really have to be meticulous because one day if you slop up on your regimen that you do, and you're like, oh, I just, I won't, I won't take my load out then you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So it's like, you yeah. can't cut any corners. You can't change how you've always been doing it. Cause that's, you know, potentially dangerous for everybody. That's the tough thing is it's just the one time. Exactly. Yeah, it takes yeah. one time, you know, you can yep. load your muzzleloader perfectly a thousand times and you make a mistake and, and it's very costly. Yeah. So really be cautious, be careful, pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. Um, and it, and don't like, Pride comes before the fall. Like the moment you think that, oh, I've, I'm experienced enough that this isn't a problem for me. That's when it's going to happen to you because I've done it and I'm pretty experienced with muzzleloaders. I, not, sorry, I haven't done anything like that, but I have almost done it. Like, yeah. oh, this, this, you know, like you say you start your, start it with a bullet starter and then you kind of move on with, to something else and you're like, wait, I never packed that down. And that's really dangerous. I mean, your bullet's right out here. So 
don't ever think that you're above it. It can happen to the best of yeah, us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Marking your ramrod is probably one of the best practices that you can do for safe muscle loading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's the mark isn't going to move, you know? yeah. And it's easy when you, especially when your barrel gets fouled up a little bit, to it really feels like it's seated. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that mark, there's no way to tell, you yeah. Know? So, yep. And there's a difference between it's like oh, push it down, like even an inch of of gap mm-hmm. is oh, it's not that much. I, I eyeballed it; it looks like it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's like that's that's a big difference because you're leaving a pretty big air gap in there um, that you and, need to get rid of. And even if it's even if for whatever reason it doesn't your you know your barrels and blow up that time mm-hmm. it's going to do two things it's going to weaken your barrel and it's going to make you inaccurate and mm-hmm. so there's yeah. numerous reasons that you want to make sure that your load is packed down consistently yeah. the same way every time yeah yeah even if it bulges your barrel out a little bit not noticeable to the eye mm-hmm. it's going to cause accuracy issues exactly it puts stress yeah. on it you know and that's why i think some of the people get the idea that they can use smokeless like oh i've done it it hasn't done anything it's like well it might be not to your eye but it is doing something believe me you know there there is all kinds of stress that can be put on the barrel to make it weaker and weaker and weaker until one of the day one of these days it just goes never worth it never worth taking that risk nope especially when you have muzzleloaders like the paramount that are already moving like 2800 feet per second (laughs) like yeah how much more do you want oh for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so um yeah uh yeah so don't rush um another thing i had on here is don't let other people load your muzzle loader because and we talked about this yeah just at work and like any team you know the the fewer hands you're able to have in the pot the better it's gonna turn out because the more times something changes hands Mm -hmm. that's just more room for error Mm -hmm. you know Unless you have telepathy or a hive mind and like you share the same thoughts, it's like, it's never worth like, oh, you're, I'm going to assume they cleaned it. I'm going to assume they took the charge out. It's like, oh yeah, you do not want anything to, to mess up your regimen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to assume. That's one thing is don't ever assume when you're dealing with muzzle loading. Like it's always better to double check, you know, um, it's better to take the extra second to double check. Like, Hey, did I, did I pack that down all the way? Like if you're not sure than to pay the price later yeah. because you didn't double check. And muzzle loading is a slow, you know, a slow go anyway. You're you're shooting, got to let the barrel cool down. You're going to clean mm-hmm. between each shot anyway. So it's like just, yeah, what, five, ten more seconds? That's not going to ruin anything. That's just a part of the black powder experience. So, so exactly. take as much time as you need. Yeah. I'd say that's not even specific to muzzle loading. Just sure. never assume. That's yeah. Never life assume. Ad- life that's, advice. That's good. Never rush. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> life, is, life is too short to rush it, you know. Yeah. And especially when you're shooting muzzleloaders, like go out, enjoy a nice day at the range, whether you're with your buddies or if you're alone, um, especially right now, like the weather has just been stellar here. It's just been yeah. cool, you know, just I'd, I'd love to be at the range right and now. And besides being out on the range, out in the wilderness is better than being caught up in just worldly stuff. Yeah. So it's just a more peaceful place to be anyway. So yeah, exactly. Enjoy don't, it. don't try to, uh, you know, squeeze in a quick, trip to the range after mm-hmm. work if you don't have the time exactly just mm-hmm. that's when you get rushed and, and yeah. do dumb things and that all all this kind of goes back to the podcast we rec- just recorded um about gearing up for muzzle loading yeah. mm-hmm. prepare Plan. ahead of time you know because 
we've all been there where your season starts tomorrow and you have your muzzleloader that you need to get sighted in and shoot and you get off work at five it gets dark at eight and you need to get stuff done and three hours is not much time with a muzzleloader yeah. um so really avoiding that as much as possible is the safest option and if you find yourself in that type of situation be aware of that have the self-awareness to know like hey i'm probably going to be rushing so i need to take it easy and make mm-hmm. sure whatever i happen to whatever i get done i get done and it's better to not get it done and be safe than to not get it done and end up in the hospital mm-hmm. you know for so. sure i would say just have a mental checklist and and do your your cleaning unloading whatever in the same vein every time because mm-hmm. i i often do this with just tasks that i do at work too is oh i know i have 10 things to do and i'll kind of take a bite out of each one Mm-hmm. all at the same time and then it's like oh did I, I i didn't complete any of them yeah but i'm doing them all trying to multitask it's like mm-hmm. no do one at a time go through your list so you know that you're doing it right muzzle loading is the same way like if you do like a, a bore brush then a wet patch and a dry patch and um take your breech plug out you know if you have a specific way you do it every time mm-hmm. do it yeah regiment. Um, yeah ex- exactly and i know that's i've been pushing that this whole whole time but um, for me, I'm a very multitask oriented person. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's where you lead room for error. Cause again, yeah. you're assuming that you've done things, you're doing it out of order. You're trying to do it all at the same time. Just slow down, just do one small task at a time, do it the same every time. Yeah. I would say that, um, speed loaders are also another way to alleviate yeah. having issues mm-hmm. with forgetting sure. something. You know, even when I'm at the range, I like to have five or six speed loaders set up mm-hmm. and that way if because if you have all your components just out on the yeah. table you're more likely to be like oh did i put powder in there did i do this did i do that if you've got your speed loaders all set out then you can kind of just look at them and go exactly okay that has all the stuff i need right yeah and i can go boom 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 done and yeah. i know that it's all right if there. you get caught it's like oh this one has a bullet still in it but not exactly. the powder that's probably what step I'm at. Double check and then, you know, go from there. So, yeah, I, I agree. Charge tubes are like, you speed loaders are great. I think the charge tubes, because you can pre-measure, you get like 30 or you get like 40 charge tubes for like 20 bucks or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and you can, if you want to do 40 shots at the range, you just pre-measure all your powder out into these charge tubes. Sure. And then you have your powder already ready to go. You have your bullets. And that's also a good way to make sure it's more consistent because if you're at the range rushing, you're more likely to not only do something dangerous, but do something inconsistently and mm-hmm. be inaccurate yeah. and get inaccurate results. Yeah, and when I say speed loaders, I mean, I don't, obviously that's a, kind of a term that I probably used inaccurately because I, when I say speed loaders, I'm thinking of like a four in one. Oh, so it's yeah. got my powder, my bullet. Oh, all. So yeah. it's not yeah. really a speed loader, a traditional <laughs> speed loader. So that's not uh, the correct uh, mm-hmm. term. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I like to use as well. It's, Does yeah. it speed up your loading? It does. Then it's, That's it's why I say it. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a speed loader. <laughs> but it's not a traditional. I yeah, mean, you know what sure. I mean? For sure. Yeah. It's not like you're just like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In case, you know, for those of you not watching the video, that noise made more sense on yeah. the video. <laughs> Check out the YouTube video if you really want to know what Nate meant by that. Yeah, we'll put in the thumbnail. Like, what did Nate mean by this sound? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and do our... Uh, blowing smoke segment okay so uh in 19 uh, just for you guys if you don't know the blowing smoke is i have a a statement uh it's just little tidbits of muzzleloader trivia trivia could be 
you know, throughout history, could be more modern. Um, so this one, this week's is in 1985, Tony Knight manufactured the first inline muzzleloader, the MK85. So this is a true or false statement. Do you want me to answer first? I or guess first? You know the you know the answer. Okay. It knows. Um I I would say that's true. Okay. Tony Knight was an innovator. He, he was. He yeah. He really just propelled black powder into the modern era. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah. That makes sense. That is true. It is true. Okay. It's true. It, who's Nate's running this segment. <laughs> <laughs> According to Nate, it's true. I'm going to confer to you or defer yep. to you, Darren. Is that true? Yeah, the first, the first modern inline. It was like it's like a plunger style, yeah. you know. Um, and from that, you like you see how you have this whole branch of inline muzzleloaders now, where you have the Paramount, you have mm -hmm. the Remington 700s, which are back now. We just got a bunch of those. They're so back. That's really exciting. Ooh. Um, they might be gone by the time this podcast. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what happens? Go back in time and buy one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of inlines that have just come out of that innovation, you know. And I think that's what's cool. We get to see a lot now is there's a lot of different innovations. You know, the nitro fire. Who yeah. knows what future muzzleloaders will come out of that innovation? You know. Um, one other thing I wanted to dive into. It's not as urgent or still important, but not as urgent like the smokeless powder or the barrel obstruction where it's like hey this is a you know you need to make sure this is taken care of right now um is preventative maintenance and barrel care rifle care cleaning um you know if you leave a charge in overnight it might not do anything but if you're doing that over many nights or if you're i know a lot of people who have left a charge in their gun for months because they forgot to clean it after the season Nate. did that happen <laughs> <laughs> Wait, anyway, um, I, I'm not trying to bring up bad memories. Allegedly, did we talk about the story on one of the podcasts? I, I I'm pretty so. sure. I Maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it happens. Two years, it, it happens. happens. <laughs> and so, what that does, black powder is very corrosive, mm -hmm. and so leaving it in your barrel, even even if it has a nitride coating or a cerakote finish on the outside, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you're just opening up your barrel to form pitting and corrosion. Mm -hmm. And while that's not necessarily like urgently dangerous it's like you're gonna get bad accuracy yeah. and it will deteriorate your gun so it's like oh well i've shot on a pitted and corrosive barrel a lot it's like well what happens when your barrel fully goes out because it's just been slowly deteriorating so preventative maintenance goes a long ways always clean your gun after the range i even over clean after every shot or every few shots um, mm -hmm. just to make sure you're you're staying up on that it's death by a thousand cuts if you that's right leave yeah it. that's a good analogy i and also paper cuts another thing by too, a thousand paper cuts oof. just a quick <laughs> thousand paper cuts uh another quick side note yeah um be careful who you loan your muzzleloader to like if you're gonna oh, let somebody yeah. else yeah use your muzzleloader um just be careful be cautious because it has happened mm -hmm. to somebody i can neither confirm nor deny if it was me or not but if you <laughs> if you loan your muzzleloader to somebody, there's a chance that they don't clean it, they don't take good care of it, you get it back, and um, either you notice and you have to put a bunch of legwork in to make sure it's mm -hmm. safe, or you don't notice and it turns out to be unsafe. So uh, just just be cautious of that. Yeah, and that ties back to more hands in the pot. You're yeah, you're right. assuming, oh yeah, I would normally clean my gun, so yeah, my buddy should know the same thing, but then your buddy doesn't, and then mm -hmm. you have 
I would never lend my muzzleloader or centerfire rifle to anyone. So, and that's, <laughs> and that's a <laughs> fair <laughs> thing too. Nate's rifles though are like three, three, four thousand dollars. So like my like, children, I know. <laughs> like my children, you just keep them in their safe. And <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, cleaning is is very important, and negligence in your cleaning is uh, it can be detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Is that, <laughs> that is, is that correct. <laughs> I confirm that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Caleb, what are some of the things that like that you've heard on the phones that maybe we missed, like that people talk about? And as far as safety, um, you know, I would say a good thing. I, I, you know, I've been on the phones for about five years, chatting with our muzzleloader community. This stuff happens very, very rarely. So, you know, I want to. Take all this with a grain of salt. It is very important to know, but this shouldn't deter you from from black powder hunting or shooting. For sure, mm-hmm. like it's a blast, and it's 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 an amazing hobby to get into. Unintended. It pun very well. Intended, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I guess what I've heard maybe one, like pick out one story mm-hmm. of something happened like a catastrophic catastrophic failure, like a barrel obstruction, and it was because there was a gap between they didn't yeah fully seat the barrel or seat the bullet on the powder and it created a bulge and nobody was hurt so it's like don't be like and that's sort of like over thousands and thousands oh absolutely yeah. oh absolutely and thousands of different customers too all over the country all 50 states um and so um that that's that's always good everyone's either following the safety practices great mm-hmm. or people are sharing you know safety with new people they come in contact with so um you know rest assured make sure you're you're knowledgeable about these things but don't let it like mm-hmm. scare you away from it because yeah. as long as you're following the steps you know it's it's very safe yeah it's kind of what we, you know i just went to yellowstone this year yeah and they have pathways and signs and everything and as long as you stay on the pathways and you follow the rules as far as animals go. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a great time at Yellowstone. You're going to be safe. Nothing's really going to happen. It's when you venture off the pathway or you get too close to those animals. That's when the accidents happen. It's when you try to feed a bear hey, from your hand. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, yeah, buddy. Exactly. It's amazing to see the things that happen at Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the same deal with muzzleloading. Like, if you follow the rules, if you stay on the pathway, mm-hmm. uh, you are safe, then you're not going to have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. when you venture out into the uh, gr- the great unknown mm-hmm. and try and experiment with things that are unsafe that you're going to have problems with your muzzleloader. Yeah. Th- there's a quote that I often go to, which I, I just love. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said it, and I'm going to butcher it. So it kind of goes along the lines of, you know enough about a subject to think you're an expert, mm. but you don't know, an, like, you don't know more... Oh geez, I've already butchered it. Yeah, you don't know. You don't, you don't you know enough to be dangerous. Enough. Well, though, no, yeah, you know enough to to think you're an expert, but not enough to know that you're not. Yeah. And so it's like you see where people who are just starting out and actual experts are in the same field because they're like, oh, there's still a lot of stuff I need to learn, mm-hmm. but you're cautious about it. It's the people right in the middle. It's like, oh yeah, I've been hunting for this long. This is what I do. I know this is right. That's where you get if you're you know, confident almost to like a detriment, you know, that's yeah. where you get in trouble. So yeah. just know that there's, there's a lot of stuff that you still need to be cautious about and take the proper care in, in doing yeah. so. If you get a hang fire, don't look down the barrel. That's oh, just, geez. yeah. Yeah. It's just cringy. Oh. Yeah, like talk. that YouTube video, of that guy with a shotgun, that's just not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. video makes me face palm. Makes me, like everybody's so seen that. Yeah. Um, mm. 
yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of youtube videos that are just people doing foolish things and getting a foolish answer you know um but just be smart you know and i don't ever want to say that in like a condemning way because i've done stupid things oh yeah you know we've all done stupid things yeah you have (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man you know uh I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought now. <laughs> killing me small. You, you weren't. It's not a, con- a condemnation. Like, yeah, be smart. You, you know, go, we're all in the same boat. We're all yeah. trying to promote a healthy, safe muzzleloader practice, mm-hmm. and so you're successful. So. Yeah. And we obviously like to have fun. It's clear. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think hang fires and misfires is a good yeah. I kind of want to talk, talk about those. yeah. Um, what do you want to jump into him or am I? Oh, I don't care. Oh, okay, I I just know that's usually something people don't know what to do. It's kind of like when your marshmallow catches on fire, and you just want to. <laughs> I'm just gonna use because because it happens. Have you ever seen a kid with a marshmallow and they're like put in the fire and it just burns and then they just start Ooh. flinging it? And it's like okay, you don't need to do that. Now like it's in the tree, you grab it, you know, blow the fire out. You're good. But you know, if you just start flailing, then yeah. you know, you're causing a ton of of chaos right i, I so, love the i love the analogy yeah, yeah. and so yeah, it's, it's the good, same it's you, you pull the trigger right and the percussion cap goes off or the flint goes off or whatever and the powder doesn't ignite the bullet mm-hmm. doesn't leave but is it going to so it's like you're yeah. in this kind of this panic phase and it's you just need to slow down as long as you're pointing your rifle down range at your target still then you're still going to be safe mm-hmm. you know it's just it might be delayed and you might find after a few seconds, you know, the powder does go off. But as yeah. long as you're aiming, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, it didn't go off. Okay, shoulder it again or pull it back up. And then, you know, you shot a hole in the roof or hurt somebody or, or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, 30 to 60 seconds, you know, if sure. if that, if you wait that long, you're probably good to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you'd be shooting in th- indoors. But, well, like our range has a hooded, has, like the, yeah, has that, you know. Chain the shed over to sit through the, the roof, roof. Like, just shoot my muzzleloader in the house if you find yourself <laughs> shooting your muzzleloader in the house that's an unsafe, that's an unsafe practice, practice. Don't, do don't do that, that. please <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's mostly the anticipation like it didn't go off you know mm-hmm. you still got to shoulder the rifle and just wait yeah and then yeah after so much time's passed like okay probably probably safe to to go on from there unload it put another cap in whatever you know yeah, I found that 30 seconds to a minute's usually plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. By that time it's cooled way down. There's no way that powder is going to spark back up. So like I personally I think the longest hang fire I've ever experienced is maybe five seconds. Mm-hmm. So if you wait thirty to sixty, that's yeah. Plenty. That's I like a to be time. a little more safe than sorry. Yeah. So I'll yeah. wait yeah. a little longer than normal, but yeah, thirty For seconds sure. is pretty good. Um and so I think that t- people tend to overcorrect. It's like you see it in driving. Mm-hmm. Like if if people are driving down the road and they see something they'll like you know jerk out of the way and then you know oftentimes you cause more problems overcorrecting than you know just facing the problem yeah with a cool head you know panicking it has never helped anybody ever to panic mm-hmm. ever so if you find yourself like panicking because you had a hang fire just take a breath and be like okay you know work the problem you know what do yeah. I need? okay i'm gonna sit here and wait for 30 seconds or a minute or whatever and if it doesn't go off, then we can reevaluate. I always recommend from that point putting another cap on and trying again. Sure. And if you have two failed caps in a row, then there's probably something else going on. You probably have maybe you forgot to put powder down the barrel or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> or your flash hole is plugged up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a bunch of mudslinging in this podcast. <laughs> hey, that's all experience hey, we can exactly. share. That, so. I am proud to have done that because now I know 
how not to do it. And, and people can learn from my example. Overcorrections are a thing too, you know. It's like you were saying earlier. Yeah. The freaking out. Exactly. Somebody gets a hang fire. Tossing your gun down the range is no is not a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Unsafe is, practice. Has that happened? I, I'm I've seen just random videos. Yeah, out of really like doing weird out of fear, stuff, just like, like, ah, like, like I'd oh, get this out of my hand. It's, it's, gonna like, exp- it's not going to explode. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People do weird things. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. <laughs> in a panic scenario. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would, I would say, and this is for any, any like urgent response, like that you don't, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, like when you're driving, right? Like you should be preparing your mind. So, hey, if somebody curves, swerves into my lane, mm-hmm. contingency. You know what should I do? Yeah, have a contingency plan. Think through those scenarios. And mm-hmm. so, there's there's a st- a stat where it's like people who think ahead about certain things that might happen, and like work through it mentally. Mm-hmm. When the when something like that does happen, they're better prepared and can jump into it quickly. Um, you know, to, to have a very calm, efficient answer to it. So, you know, practice. Even if you need to practice a hang fire, put a cap on. Don't put any powder bullet in. Mm-hmm. Shoot the cap, and then just just practice holding the muzzle loader. You know, kind of visualizing like, hey, this is a misfire scenario. Be diligent on holding it for that thirty seconds. Okay, then taking the cap off. You know, even something like that, you can physically mm-hmm. practice that. Yeah. But just be aware that that stuff might happen, and so when it does, you're not like freaking out. You know, throw your gun like you said. You're <laughs> yeah. you're already diligent in in making sure you're holding down range, holding it up against your shoulder, tensing for the thirty seconds, and then going from there. Exactly. Yeah. And having somebody there with you is always good. You know, it's always yeah. it's always better to have, you know two is better than one. It's always better to have two people with you. But you know a lot of times people's schedules don't coordinate in this busy life that we live. So, you know, if you are alone, just it's, it's extra important to be safe at that point. Cause you don't yeah. have somebody there with you. If something does happen. I don't think it's bad to be a backseat shooter as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be annoying, but it's like, I'd rather have somebody be, Oh, like also watching my back to make sure I didn't double load or overload or something yeah. like that. Cause it's like, it's like be quiet, Darren. I know what I'm doing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're setting yourself up for, I'd rather have somebody help me do something and be annoying about it and it saves my life than mm-hmm. the inverse. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, just just watch your buddies back and just be safe. So There's a theme to this podcast that also applies to life is just don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Yeah. Be humble, you know, because nobody is above anything. We're people, we're imperfect, you yep. know. The biggest cause of accidents in a car is human error. And I would say the biggest accident of muzzleloader injuries is also human error and so i agree everybody is able to make mistakes and so just assume that you're in the wrong and try and learn from other people and um you know if they're giving you bad advice then correct them so yeah for somebody tells you to use smokeless powder say say no the safety caleb said no black (laughs) powder or no 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 gunpowder no powder yeah (laughs) no smokeless powder (laughs) yep um and so yeah um i think that's kind of about all that i had did you guys have any tips and things you wanted to add or are we good i think we covered a a good broad aspect about it so all the major points awesome um well if you guys watching if you know somebody that uh, could benefit from this information send it over to them share it with them uh hit the like button click the subscribe and the bell to receive notifications whenever we post content and uh if you're listening on our audio platform leave us a review. That is really helpful. It helps get this content in the hands of more people that could really benefit from it. And so leave us a review and uh, our customer service team, 
phones are on and ready to help you with any questions you might have. So, and, and also I am too. shoot me a message on social media, whatever. I love chatting with you guys. So, uh, have a great week and we will see you on the next podcast. 